and welcome back to another episode of The Side Hustle. I'm Jacob Bosecker. Um, this week, we've got an interesting discussion. You know, life sometimes throws you into uh, cases with people that you would never have met. And that's kind of where this OCR journey has taken me time after time again. So this week's lesson is actually a guy that I met at the Spartan Race World Championship weekend there at the Media Fest. Um, his name's Brad Swell. He's from the Cultivate Wellness Podcast um, there in Texas. And good dude. We became friends out on the trail. We spent a lot of time there together out climbing up the mountain, hanging out, having fun, um, and just talking and talking life and talking about hardships and growing. And we we just became friends. And we've kind of been keeping up a little bit here and there, talking back and forth, having a good time. And I was just happy to sit down and talk with him more about kind of the day and kind of what he's all been through because he's seen some amazing things. He's done some amazing work with some different groups and I'll let that all speak for itself. But, um, you know, I just want to encourage people to go out there and if you're on the course just and you're not running for time or going super competitive, meet some people. Uh, it, it's really fun to always meet people out there and hear new stories and kind of grow in the sport. Um, but without further introduction, I'll just go ahead and go right over to the chase of this. Here we go. Um, Brad, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing great, Jacob. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. It's it's great. Um, great to have you. So um, as described before here, Brad and I actually got to meet at the Spartan Up Media Fest. And we ran the, um, the super that was there that weekend together for the most part and had a really good time. Yeah, I mean, we we actually met on the trail. Like, I, I it was the first or second hill. I mean, the whole first part was a hill, but uh, within <laughs> within like uh, I don't know, like within five or ten minutes. And I mean, I was huffing and puffing and like worried about walking and stuff like that. And I saw you walking, and you looked like a fit guy. And I was like, well, if he's walking, I can walk. So I just oh, stopped a, and yeah. It, it, it's a good time. Yeah. So we've. Um... We got to become friends. We got to meet up and talk about things. And that, I think that was one of the great things about the uh, the Spartan Up Media Fest is you we gave us – well, it gave us this great platform to meet other podcasters, other content creators, and kind of bond over the sport that I, I've grown to love here in the past few years. Which is obstacle course racing. Yeah, I, I live, I live, breathe, eat, and die for it. Um, so, Brad, you want to give? <laughs> do you want to give our uh, listeners a little bit of your background and cultivate wellness? Uh, yeah. So, I run a podcast called the Cultivate Wellness Podcast. It's sponsored by a local uh, holistic pharmacy here in Austin. Uh, that's my family's business. Um, okay. So, I mean, I, I grew up. My dad started the. So, what's a holistic pharmacy? It's a. You can still go get your opio your opioids or your antibiotics or whatever, so long as you have a prescription, of course. But they also have like naturopathic doctors, uh, nurse yeah. practitioners, uh, lots of different uh, alternative practitioners on staff okay. that you can speak to very readily. We have a professional line, nutraceuticals, um, and organic delis, and all sorts of stuff. Really, it's a it's a very really, unique cool. business. Um, so I grew up, I grew up there, like literally in the store, spending sometimes hours a day. Just sitting there, mm -hmm. twiddling my thumbs, looking at different things, learn just almost learning by osmosis, like not realizing that I'm learning. Yeah. And I, so I got to growing up in that atmosphere. I, I was very privileged to have lots of great conversations with lots of really smart people about alternative health and wellness. And so 
Uh, I was running their uh, radio show here in Austin for all of 2018, and then I convinced them to switch to a podcast. So basically, it's just all those conversations that I grew up having, I'm now just sharing with the world. You know, that's one of the cool things I've got to do with podcasting here in the past. Brociar, the supercast here, has not been around for very long um, in, in the market, but I was making, uh, creating content about obstacle course racing for five years now, and it's so cool to bring in these specialists and like, like you're saying, just being around it by osmosis, you start to hear amazing stories and grow as a person and learn just amazingly cool things about the sport, about nutrition, about, um, even training tips. Um, we're actually yeah. um, hopefully bringing on one of a, a running coach here in a few weeks, uh, to, to, to lay down basically why we, we don't run very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um why so, people why people in general don't run well or why you don't run well because i well, think I, I from like what crap. i've seen you run I, mean, I can run decent <laughs> okay you're being yeah, so modest it, i'm sure but um if, if i'm if i'm moving i'm moving a lot better than i was about two months ago <laughs> I, rem- I remember that story yeah it, it was an interesting story it was a, it was a it was like i'm glad i'm doing better now yeah so um so you know talking what, about oh go ahead go ahead. I was gonna say you know it's interesting. I mean, it, so I've always had friends. I've always been interested in practicing, you know, al- like I said, alternative health and wellness. Like I started working out intensely when I was, I don't know, like I guess really intense, like maybe fifteen. But mm-hmm. I started I started working out pretty hard in eighth grade, so I think thirteen or something like that. And so. You know, I've always thought about diet. I've always thought about what I should and should not eat. I've gotten it wrong countless times. But my friends and peers have always come and asked me, you know, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what should I do about this? And it's sort of interesting how I don't ever, I I don't think that I know the answer until someone, and I, you know, again, it's sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. You're just giving an opinion. But I feel like I don't have very much knowledge on a subject until someone asks me about it. And then I realize, oh, I've actually had a conversation about that you know, with so-and-so a couple of years ago, or I read an article on this a few years ago. And it's, it's, um, I don't know, it's really fun to have those conversations now for the whole world. Oh, absolutely. So looking back, you know, you start getting, uh, we're, we're working out and stuff in high school stuff. What were, was your athletic background? Uh, well, I started off, I hated team sports in, okay. in school. It was the, I mean, right now I'm on three soccer teams and I'm, captain of oh, one wow. of them. So, okay. I mean, it's, it's been a pretty big 180, but uh, just the idea of going out, like on the, fo- I think I had a, just a bad experience with middle school football. Um, okay. I was, I think I got placed as a lineman. I didn't want to be a lineman. And like people, you know, people were playing grab ass and just weren't, they weren't trying very hard. I was mm-hmm. like, this is just not for me. And so I got into triathlons Okay. Uh, real, real early, and I got into it real intensely, and you know, considered skipping college to try triathlons. Oh wow! Okay. Um, luckily, it was I overtrained. Luckily, I overtrained, and I got to the the um, the tipping point for me was I got two flat tires on my bike right in a row, and I was like, you know, I probably wasn't eating enough food. I was, you know, training four or five hours a day. I was like, fuck, oh, wow. I'm done. I, I called my mom, had her come pick me up. I didn't have another tube. She, you know, I threw my bike in the back of her car and I just never looked back. It was, I was done from there. And wow. Was, okay. Luck, luckily, I listened to my parents and, you know, had enrolled in college. So 
it's not like I was doing nothing. But from that point on, it was mostly just, you know, different forms of gym sports. Um, okay. I would still swim every once in a while, a lot of kettlebells, um, a lot of weightlifting, just trying to be as functional, uh, as functionally strong as possible. And I actually did. I I competed in the uh, Tough Mudder races okay. back in 2010, 2011. Um, early on, early on. Yeah, and I, I was the I qualified for the world's toughest mudder. I don't even know if they still have those, do they? They yeah, oh yeah. So actually, um <laughs> we so you're talking to the diehard in the sport here. So world's toughest mudder is coming up here in about three weeks. They've moved it from um New Jersey to um it was out in Vegas for about five years, but now this is the second year that they're putting it in Atlanta. Okay. Um I went and competed at it last year actually. How'd you do? Oh God, it was, um, so I was, I think I was in the top seven or so. Um, I was, I was hauling, but it got so cold that night. It gets down to about 23 degrees. It was frosting over. Everything was icy. I was about 50 miles deep and about 14 hours in. And I, I pulled the pin cause I could feel, um, I, I was doing some serious damage to my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. That's um, crazy. What was it? Did they when they did it in Las Vegas? Was it also in December, like in super cold? Yeah, it was. It was still super cold, like November time frame. Uh, but it was the hard part with Vegas is during the day it gets really warm, yeah, and then at the night it gets super cold. Okay. So, um, it, so you just have that, to plan and like bring extra stuff. Yep, yep. Change into yeah. your wetsuit about you know twenty miles deep, and that's kind of what we did in Atlanta. Um, Base uh, started that day maybe at 40 degrees, and then it got down to 23 that night. And then the next day it got back up to maybe 42, 45. Yeah, I guess the one that I qualified and went to was the, the very first year. Okay. Uh, I think it was 2011. I was actually going through some old clothes today, and I found that shirt. And I was like, should I throw this out? I don't know. Um, oh, dude, so did you go to the one in New Jersey? I did, yeah, 2011. Okay. Um, oh, awesome. And I to say I competed was pro- is probably an overstatement. Um I mean, I, if it wasn't so cold, I think I would have done fine. You know, I don't, I don't know where I would have placed, but I dropped out out of, after a couple hours because I started to get hypothermic and Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not, I I don't know, you know, obstacle course racing was still pretty young at the time. And even now, I mean, if as big as it is, I would still say hypothermia is not worth this. I'm not getting paid to do this or whatever. Yeah, Um, exactly. But, uh, I mean, it was a really cool experience. I mean, I, to, you know, I, I don't know, just be there and feel that sort of excitement. Oh, it's it's crazy, and it's it's blown up bigger and bigger. And this year, the um, I've talked to the CEO actually a few times from Tough Mudder. His name's like Kyle McLaughlin. Um, he, the direction that he wants to take Tough Mudder this year is he's like, I want it to become the OCR version of Burning Man. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, man, let's party. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Sounds great. I- I just bought an eighth of mushrooms. Let's do this. <laughs> let's let's saddle up. Yeah, that's so, cra- is that what I'm, he mean? Like, I mean, what is he? How do you combine the two? I mean, it, Burning Man I is think, obviously like a, a big drug in love, and I mean, there's more to it, but I see it more like the festival atmosphere and okay. like having having good music there, um, food trucks coming in and out. Um, so, I mean, it's it's blown up now where you have the pit area where people come back and transition. You've got people bringing, you know, four or five people with them to the pit area to help with their pit. And that's that's one of the things I'm going to be going there to help some friends pit. Um, I was planning to compete there this year. Uh, I made it. 
oh, they have these new overnight ventures now uh, for Tough Mudder. And I did the one in Minneapolis and made it 45 miles in like 11 hours. Damn. And yeah, it was it, that, that was two weeks before I got meningitis. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and that, that's um, so like I said, I'm still on the upswing from all that. But um, I was I was training specifically for that ultra long distance endurance stuff. And then I got so sick. Uh, so now I'm going to go help some friends. I'm going to pit some friends there and help them with their nutrition plants and stuff. So that's a whole different bag of cats there. Uh, but it's gotten really competitive where you've got guys going over 100 miles pretty regularly. Oh, yeah. That's, these guys uh, are. How many obstacles are over a hundred miles? Is it is it a loop? Yeah, it's a five mile loop. Okay. So, <laughs> see, and this is what this is exactly what I love to do with this podcast is just talk and shop. Yeah. Um, but five mile loop, about thirty obstacles per loop. Okay. So kind of the way it works though is the first loop that everybody does, like the first hour or so, no obstacles are on. So they start to, yep, yep, nothing's on the first lap, but they start to slowly turn some of the obstacles on. So it basically disperses everybody. Yeah. Okay. So So you you see, you see the obstacles as you go around the first lap or whatever, and they just, you just know you can go around them. Yep. You've got a lay of the land. Okay. And then they slowly start turning stuff on and then you're going for 24 hours as many, as many times you can punch that ticket. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. I, after doing so, after doing the Spartan race, I mean, I, I was when I signed up for the Media Fest, I didn't even I didn't know there was going to be an opportunity to run it. So, I mean, I didn't find that out until you know, I guess a few weeks into a few weeks before. Oh yeah, like, whatever. It's not. It's only going to be so many miles. You know, I play lots of soccer. I run a lot. I stay very active. I think I'll be fine. And I mean, luckily I was. I think I did fairly decent. But oh, you did great. I, it, it got me. So. I, yet but i'm going to take the plunge and sign up for the in march or um it's uh i think i got that bug again yeah it's uh but i i don't know i gotta wait <laughs> we have a, we have our third child our daughter is expecting in December. so i say okay. that now you know, I say I, I think I'll be able to run a, a big twelve mile race or whatever in in March or May, but we'll see how much we'll see how much I'm sleeping. <laughs> I'm so, sure. So, do you got your minds on any specific race you'd want to do? Any specific what? Any specific race you'd want to do? Uh, well, the the Tough Mudder in okay. in Texas that's uh, okay. coming up on like I said in uh, May or March. Okay, one of you know, you should be able to do that by then. And well, the Tough Mudder guys are really good. What do you mean? What do you mean they're getting good? Uh, it's um, so Tough Mudder kind of has went through this thing this past year where they they've reestablished a lot of things and went back to a lot of their roots. Um, so more electricity. Uh, less, I would say, funner <laughs> obstacles and kind of doubling back on that big experience. Um, okay. They, they were getting to a point last year where they were making like this five mile. So it was, they had a five mile track and then you just had to do two loops of it. Uh, okay. But it kind of diverged at places. Like you did this one way, did it another way. And they're going back to like a classic, like eight to nine, 10 mile course with plenty of obstacles and just a really, 
really good experience. And the one that I did in Minneapolis, I was really blown away with the team there. Good people, um, just a fun atmosphere. Have you ever done a Ragnar? Oh, I don't know. I mean, other than being other than Ragnar Lothbrook from Vikings, I don't know what Ragnar is. So Ragnar is a um, okay. So there's this Ragnar Trail series that happens, and it's like they've got road ones where they go like point to point. So they'll like run from something crazy like Milwaukee to Chicago. Okay, (laughs) Um, but it's a team of people. So you'll run with like a team of like eight people, and you all take turns running different distances like a relay. Yeah. Okay. Um. But then they also have a trail one, and it's like you you end up running like 120 miles with like a four to eight man team over like a three day period, like over a weekend, right? Okay. And people are going to finish at different times and stuff. But then you camp out the whole time, and there's like s'mores, and <laughs> it's it's a really good time. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's more that's more of like a a full on experience than just exactly. A race. Exactly. And I think that Tough Mudder is trying to go towards that environment, too, which is it's fun. OK. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I, I recall when I was looking at the Tough Mudder website for this uh, for the upcoming race, they were talking about, you know, you could buy an extra ticket for um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not volunteers, but if you bring someone, they're going to be, you know, people like bring a yeah. friend or whatever. And like, yeah, they get a pass. And they get—I think they even called it the Festival Grounds or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Festival Grounds. You can, you can chill out there, and they've got some pretty good. Um, they're the one we did in Minneapolis. I was really impressed with, with that. And I'm really excited to see what they pull out for WTM here in a few weeks. So, do the Ragnar Minnesota. ones? Do they, are those all over the country, or are those just oh, yeah. up there? Oh yeah, they're all over. They're, oh. they're uh, I think Reebok is the main sponsor of them right now. I'm I'm gonna probably do a trail one next year, I think, because I, I took this year off from doing them, but um, I'll probably jump into a trail next year and try to have some so, fun. <laughs> so the Ragnar Relay series. Yes, Ragnar you should, you should Google that. It's yeah, fun. I mean, it sounds fun. I mean, I, I <laughs> my five year old. I mean, I don't you know whatever. I, I don't think that this would be appropriate for. These may not relate, but we I got back into camping since I my first son was born. Just taking him out and you know, doing you know, not hardcore camping, but camping nonetheless, sleeping in a tent. No, it's um, it's totally good for kids like that. But, but well, it, I mean you can't you can't run however many miles with a kid in tow, can you? Yeah, I mean like so the the beautiful thing about Ragnar is it's like let's say you're doing They've got three loops. They've got a four-mile loop, a three-mile loop, and maybe like a seven-mile loop. And if you've got an eight-man team and you've got your wife there hanging out too with you where she can park, you know, he can hang out there and camp or something. And then you've got the wife with a k- wife with your kid there chilling out camping or, or whatnot. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, like a a, base, it's like a base camp that you try that you go through several times. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super. It's great. They've got s'mores. They're, they – like I think they were showing the Jumanji movie at one point um, on like <laughs> on a big outdoor screen. There were hammocks. Um, <laughs> just great, great Dang, time. That is good time. You, uh, should, you should check out Ragnar Trail. I will for sure. I mean, it's it's so interesting that this is. So I mean, I did that the the Tough Mudders back in 2011 or whatever, and then I uh, and I was a personal trainer back then, and so I tr- tried to start this uh, like boot camp type thing for people that were doing, it was for obstacle courses, like obstacle yeah. course boot camp. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, train people, not only get them more fit for the race, but also tell them, you know, here's, uh, here's some of the obstacles you can expect. And here's some ways to sort of do it, you know, to, to mm-hmm. do it a little bit better. Um, 
and you know, they got some interest, but then I stopped training or whatever and sort of just forgot about the whole obstacle course thing. And, um, it was, I stopped training, stopped, stopped being a personal trainer and it was, uh, they've just taken off so much. And now you have these, like this Ragnar thing. It's a whole family affair. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. It's it's pretty wild to see the way that these, these different races have, have taken on these mantles. And now the kind of the concept after talking to um, Kyle, the CEO of Tough Motors, he wants to make some of these overnight events like this, like that trail feel. So you come back and it's like this, that's kind of what he's going for, like the Burning Man feel, WTM I feel, is like you come back to the pit area and everybody's chilling out, camping, having a good time. Yeah. And then you go back out. <laughs> yeah, I would, I mean, that that does sound cool. There's, there, it looks like there's one in Texas uh, that happened like a week ago. So, I mean, I guess, well, I'll have to keep an eye on it for next year. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a great time. It's, it's a really good time. Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> it's right up your see we get to learn all sorts of cool stuff here <laughs> yeah i mean uh, uh, you're teaching i mean uh, whatever okay yeah yes we certainly do <laughs> i am learning all sorts of cool stuff for sure oh it's 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 great it's great so okay so you you've got this um facility here where you're doing some holistic approach stuff i'm gonna bring up one of because you are outside of the sport not a lot of people in in the ocr community probably or in our area probably know of you um but I'm going to bring up the big four-letter word in OCR right now, and I would want to get your unbiased, random opinion about CBD oil. Um, I mean, I think. Ooh, uh, so that, CBD that's oil... a random one. That's that's, no, that's it's... out there, but it's it's a big one right now in OCR. A lot of people are coming forward about it, and they've got so many questions. Yeah, and I think that it's a it. Trust me, I get people ask me about CBD oil all the time, and I'm sure you running a podcast like the one I do where. You know, PR people are reaching out all the time to try to get people, you know, try to get their client mm-hmm. as much airtime as possible. Uh, CBD comes up constantly. Um, oh, it's it's a hot topic in 2019. <laughs> of course. And so, you know, the the as far as its efficacy, I think that it certainly works for uh, a great deal of people. I mean, I it doesn't work for me, okay. but I don't I don't have anxiety or uh, chronic inflammation or you know, any of the number of things that people typically take CBD for. And I've tried really mm-hmm. hard. I've got, I've bought the highest quality CBD that I can find and I've taken massive amounts okay. to try to feel, to try to feel something just so that I can speak to it. Like, all right, this is how you're going to feel. Yeah. Um, and it didn't do anything for me. Um, I've given it to my son. Uh, like when he, there were, there was a phase where he would be a little bit anxious going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I give it to him like at the beginning of the drive. And, uh, you know, I don't know, it, it doesn't, I didn't notice a big enough difference to really keep doing it, but there are people that I trust the people that take it, that say that it's, that's doing something for them. You know, if it's, if it's decreasing anxiety, if it's, um, keeping you, you know, your, is it killing cancer cells? I don't know. I don't, that's, that, that's where I'm at too. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Um, I mean, if, Hey, if you've got a tumor and you can afford some CBD oil. It's not going to hurt you. And it, it's worth, worth a try. You yeah, know? absolutely. For sure. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I think there's a lot of hype around it. The things that I do know, you need to make sure that, that you need to research the quality of what you're taking. Absolutely. Uh, there, It's not very well regulated so that you, you know, you could actually buy something that's just oil and has no CBD in it. 
Um, you should always try to get or uh, organically farmed, and you want it. I think the the extraction process, if I remember correctly, you want the CO two extraction process. Um, and don't be afraid to reach out to the company and ask for the um, most recent analysis lab reports. Lab reports. Yep. Um, and I mean, a lot of that might be mumbo jumbo. Like once you actually see the lab report, like I don't know what this, what these three letters are. I mean, you'll have CBD on there, but you'll have a ton of other stuff too. But just the fact that they have it and they're willing to share it is a huge. Plus. Oh yeah, it means they're being they're being um, you know transparent at that point. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about it is like so I, I I do use CBD oil pretty regularly, and I do have some anxiety things that I work with, um, but with. Uh, muscle inflammation, especially with the way I train and stuff, it's yeah, it's pretty beneficial there. But I, I think that's you really went to the source there. It's like looking at that lab testing, look, making sure it's third party so it's unbiased, and making sure that you've got a legitimate product because, like right now, it's the wild west out there right now with um, with CBD, especially in the OCR market because uh, all of our guys are like trying to find that little edge. But also still being water compliant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and it, it, you know, I think that, you know, as far as the, it's, it's, it's interesting. I've always looked at health and wellness and supplements and stuff like that. It's all, it's all going to be very individual. And, you know, you, you and I could be eating very, the same or very similar diets and have totally different responses and might need, uh, you know, might need an extra supplement. You might need a different supplement than I do or a different strength yeah. or something like that. And it's, it really is as sort of cheesy as it sounds. It really is sort of a journey in figuring out what exactly you need and what works for you. Um, but so, you know, is CBD great for you? I don't know. But like you said, Jacob, it, it, it feels it has an effect on you. So I would say keep doing it. And do, researching the product that you're about to buy, like the, the brand – is oh, I think always important. Absolutely, it, it's. I just think it's so important to. It, it you're not becoming like a. And this was something like when I started researching it and started looking to some of the stuff earlier this year. Everyone was like, "Oh man, you sound like a pothead." No, 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 man. I sound like an educated consumer. <laughs> there's a, yeah. There's a difference. I just because I watched a few documentaries on Netflix doesn't yeah. mean. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's and. Because other people are going to feel differently on it, um, like you might have a friend that's taken CBD and it's done wonders, and so they think that you, you know, maybe they hear your story and it's not spectacular enough, and so they think that your brand is not good enough, or you're oh, just taking yeah. the wrong one, or not the right amount, or whatever. I mean, it really is going to be very individualistic, and so, you know, I think it it even comes down to stuff like you know, like you said, your, your, uh, inflammation from just your, your lifestyle, it helps with that. Yeah. You know, for me, what works best is compression, you know, yeah. ice, ice works okay, depending on the injury. Mm -hmm. But for me, just doing that, that, uh, muscle flossing, I think it's called with yeah. the rubber band that works amazing. And so then I, I do that because it works and I don't have to, so I don't have to take CBD, but I would take it if something got worse, I would try it out again. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I am a whore for I've got a pair of those um, compression boots from a, a company that works with this Air Relax. They're, they're like the Normatec boots, basically. Okay, yeah, okay. Freaking live in those things, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, dude, like 
about about every every night when I'm done with a long run, I just sit down here for like 30 minutes. I'm like, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, and but, I mean, you just you just look at the so you know I have to I have to compress my ankles a few times a week, mostly okay. after playing soccer, just because. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, you're 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 sprinting. You're doing hard turns left. You know, all sorts all over mm-hmm. the place, and you know, I see people. Some of the guys that I play with have been playing soccer much longer than me, and. Mm-hmm. Their ankles are fine. They they never complain of ankle soreness or anything. Why am I different? Why you know what are they doing? I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that you know this works for me and this is what keeps me in the sport and this is what keeps me you know playing strong. And it's just it, that's what I'm talking about. Just that difference and what works for everybody. Absolutely, and I think it's I think it goes back to that also kind of knowing who you are, figuring out who you are. And there's I was reading this book. It was a few years ago. But they were talking about proper diets for different blood types and yeah. different protein synthesis on different different blood types and just going that back to like different geographically areas of the world where you know like let's say this area was a, a big fish port and they had a lot of fish so that like your body processes that maybe slightly different based on genealogy and stuff and it's um and we're going way down a rabbit hole here but, that's okay um, I mean, it's it's more than just it's more than just the the genes you were given, but it's the genes that are expressing as well through epigenetics and everything like that. And it can you even test that? I don't know, but it's is it <laughs> just you got to try a lot of different things sometimes to figure out what works. I mean, it sounds like you're running a hundred miles at a time. I who am I to say that you should? Uh, you know, maybe try this one other thing. Like you know, maybe take out take. Maybe you're not eating enough vegetables. I don't know. You, but you're running this far, your performance is a, is a huge marker for how healthy and how well you're doing. Oh, absolutely. You know, we don't need to run labs necessarily. Though they would be interesting. They would be interesting. We, we could gain something from it. But... Yeah, you could. But I, to me, that's that's too much. I think that unless you're getting paid or, you know, you got a little extra time on your hands, you know, obsessing over that stuff can be pretty unhealthy. Yeah, and that's some of the guys that I've I've talked to. That's and we could go to the mental health aspect of this. It's um, they get so obsessive about it, and it's it like you said, just becomes very unhealthy. It's you're constantly in your own head trying to figure out what direction do I need to go next? What direction am, am I still meeting all my levels on this? And what's the expectation? It becomes a mind hammer. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, so. Uh, Two things. One, I first experienced that when I was, uh, I think, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's when I first started getting like, really into exercise and exercising hard and trying to lose weight. I was kind of chubby back then. Okay. And I asked my asked my dad for a personal trainer for my 15th birthday. And luckily he bought me, I don't know, it was maybe 10 sessions at the local uh, Gold's Gym or whatever the equivalent was. Yep, um, yep. And the trainer was fine. It, what it did do was get me into working out and lifting weights and gave me a, sort of a, a jumping off point. And I got obsessed with my diet. And I was, it was back when everyone thought low fat was a thing. And so I was constantly counting calories, looking at my fat content. And I lost something like 60 pounds. In a oh, 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 oh. And I got, I got really, it was, un, it was I mean, I, I, I was probably anorexic at the time. Yeah. I don't. I was never diagnosed, but um, if I wasn't, I was damn near close. Uh, yeah. A lot of body dysmorphia, and I was constantly thinking about, 
you know, food and how much food and, you know, when am I going to exercise again? When am I going to run? When am I, I going to burn off these calories? And I remember breaking down once at Whole Foods, uh, like just looking at the, at the bread, at the muffins and just thinking like, this is, I really want this muffin, but I wouldn't let myself have it. And I just started like having a, like a total emotional breakdown. That's how sort of invested I was mentally. It was really, and so from that point on, it, it's always been like, look, there are bigger things in life. You know, you don't need to obsess over all of this stuff all the time. So what we, what do you think was the defining point that made you break out of that? Uh, out of that sort of cycle? Yeah. Man. Um, what happened? Well, I, I ended up having that muffin. Uh, so that, that helps. <laughs> was it a but, good muffin? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I th- <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was blueberry. I'm not really sure. But... Um, it was, uh, I think, so my mom probably was the biggest help. She had me go talk to a therapist about just, um, she wanted me to talk about that. And it turned out, you know, we, we ended up talking about a whole bunch of other stuff, not just um, food or, you know, exercise. Uh, and luckily she was a little bit, my therapist at the time was very, um, she was knowledgeable about that sort of stuff. Not an expert by any stretch, but. And we just talked about a lot of other stuff going on in a teenager's life. And yeah. uh, just working through all that other stuff made me more, made me healthier all around mentally That's so that good. I could, so that I could tackle that stuff. And so, I mean, I've always been a big advocate of mental health and, uh, you know, pe- friends and family, go see a therapist if you need to see a therapist, even if it's only a few sessions, just go do it. Um, but yeah, it's that, it's, it's the whole you know, just obsessing over those stuff. You know, I'm interested to know what my, you know, do I have, is my testosterone level normal? I don't know. Would I be interested to find out? Sure, of course I would. But I'm also a little bit afraid that if I look at it, is it going to be low? Then what do I do? Am I going to start obsessing about that? Mm -hmm. It's almost, it's almost like an ignorance is bliss sort of thing. But I know, you know, you've seen me and how active I can be. My testosterone levels can't be that unhealthy if I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do. You know, it's, it's that quality of life. It's that understanding that like, this is where I'm at. This is fine. This is, I'm still able to do the things that I want to do. And that was one of the things that when I got into, I started getting into shape again. Um, I kind of told myself, I'm like, I just want to be able to go out and run a good 10 K whenever I want to and not question it. Like, I want to be able to go out and run that long. And slowly over time, like, I was able to build that up. Like, I want to be able to go out and run an hour. Okay, that's that's good. And then eventually I found the competitive side to it. But it's um, it's finding that journey and finding what is okay for you, I feel. And it's so different for different people. But it's, I don't know, it's, it for me, it's like, for me, it was like just finding that balance. And the balance yeah. is hard. <laughs> it really is. And I mean, I think the, the sad part is that people find this low point and it doesn't have to be bottom of the barrel low, but find a low point and that's just sort of their, their, um, that's their baseline. And so they think that that's normal. And so, and then they just think that, that and because they think that's normal, they think if that that's how other people feel. No one ever tells them that life could be better or whatever. And so they, it it's it can be tough to break out of that shell and figure out okay what's actually what works for you so 
you know, like I said, it would be if I took the testosterone test, I don't know what it would come up with, but I wouldn't worry too much because I know that I'm, you know, faster and stronger than most everybody that I know. And even if my testosterone numbers were a little bit low, you know, does that tell me about my androgen receptors? Not really. Maybe I have a lot of androgen receptors. And so my testosterone is going to be low because they're all bound up. I don't know. But then, so that that's, you know, I can already hear myself thinking as I say that, like obsessing about what it, what it actually means. When what's important is how is that quality of life, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, can can you still wake up in the morning and be happy and feel good about yourself and play with your kids? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what's important. Absolutely, exactly. Especially, you know, I don't know how many of your listeners have kids, but once you once you do, that becomes such a big part of your life that it's. Um, you know, everything else can kind of, it, 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 for me, at least it's, I've always thought that I would maintain the exact same level of fitness and naively thought that. And then when <laughs> I had kids, I mean, I still maintain a high level of fitness, but it's not, it looks much, different. It looks different. That's a good way to put it. It looks a lot different for sure. Um, and so it, it's, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with three, but um, I'll figure <laughs> it out. I'm, I'm sure you'll figure it out. So, Brad, this is kind of bringing us here to the end of the time. Uh, where can our listeners find you? Uh, well, so we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You know, I'm sure we're on all the other thing, all the other places that you find podcasts. It's the Cultivate Wellness Podcast. Um, you can, of course, go to our website, cultivatewellnesspodcast.com. We're on Instagram at Cultivate Wellness Podcast. Uh, and actually, I want to ask your listeners. If they're interested, um, my wife and I started a nonprofit called the Deletion Duplication Alliance. Okay. Um, you can find our website, Dell, D-E-L-D-U-P, alliance.com. That's DellDupeAlliance.com. And it's a nonprofit that focuses – the goal is – the mission is to uh, fund and educate and make uh, gene editing and gene therapy <clears throat> uh, type research a lot easier um, to do. Um, so our son, our second son has a rare chromosome disorder called 8P inverted deletion duplication syndrome, which is a long way of saying he has some genes missing on his eighth chromosome. There's some of them on his eighth chromosome. Some of them are deleted and some of them are duplicated. Um, Oh, okay. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. He, uh, is what it comes down to. He's really happy. That's what's most important, but we are. Uh, because of that, we're interested in um, getting gene editing uh, trials going and encouraging scientists and researchers to to push the envelope on that sort of stuff and maybe finding a a curative therapy for him and others like him. You know, so um, oh, we don't ha- yeah we don't have anything up on the website as far as like donations and stuff go. We're not asking for that right now. We're just trying to spread the word and um, you know get get the message out there. You know, I was talking to the guys behind the uh, Spartan Group X um, training stuff, and it was one of those things that. And this is kind of going on a quick tangent here, but um, we were both talking about just hardships in life and things that things that you get to learn to deal with in life. Yeah. And before meningitis, I did not know a thing about meningitis. <laughs> I did not know a single thing about viral meningitis. Um, but like with your son, you probably didn't know much about that gene therapy instances in this uh, Dell duplication and, until until you were faced with it. And well, suddenly yeah. you, be- you, you become a little expert on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would say I'm an expert in technology, but I'm certainly 
I might call myself an expert in the uh, ethics of the technology. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, I, I just happen to know, I just happen to have read a, 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 an article on CRISPR, which is sort of the, the most known gene editing mm-hmm. technology yep. back in college. And it just popped in my mind, you know, when our son was born. Um, and he, I mean, he is one of, I don't know, maybe a hundred cases of what he specifically oh, wow. has, uh, in the United States. Uh, so it's, it's you know, for, <laughs> if I had known about his thing, that would have been, uh, totally random. And it's no, I mean, we went, when we got the diagnosis from the geneticist, she just handed us a, a print off from what we had already read on Google. So it's it's just super rare. So that's why we're we're looking at these um, sort of emerging technologies. Absolutely, absolutely. So guys, check it out. Uh, Del Dupe Alliance, uh, great stuff there. Um, Brad, thank you for so much for your time, buddy. Thanks, Jacob. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. You know, I don't know what this next year is going to take me to. Um, it's been really interesting here. The past five, six years I've been in the sports. I've been, I've been racing for, I've been making content for OCR for six years now. Um, been doing it under OCR for five. Um, but I was running one year before that. So I've really been running seven years. I'm going to my eighth year of obstacle course racing. And it always intrigues me how many people are out there in the sport. There's always somebody new you can meet. There's always somebody new that you can talk to. There's always a new story that can help mold and change you. And I've have gotten so much out of that with the podcast here and hearing people's stories and bringing that to you on a weekly basis. It's fun. It's it's a good time and it's it's really rewarding. So thank you for listening. Um, thank you for listening to Brad's message. Um, check out the website uh, Dual Dub Alliance. Um, you know, if, if you feel encouraged to donate some money, do it. Go after it. Um, powerful stuff there. Um, and get out and do a Ragnar with some friends. So anyway, without further ado, we've got some additional podcasts coming out here the next few weeks. Once again, check it out on Tuesday. I want to give a quick shout-out to Venga CBD. Uh, Venga CBD is the sponsor of BroCR, the Supercast. Uh, we love Venga. It's good stuff. I use it daily. Um, it's good. I, I, I like it. I like it. It helps me sleep. Um, it's a great muscle recovery. And check it out, guys. Venga CBD. Use code BROCR. Save yourself 15%. As always, check out Human Octane, the, the apparel sponsor of BROCR. Uh, Human Octane is a great company. We use the stuff um, going into next year. I don't need anything new. All my stuff still fits. All my stuff is zero holes in it after going through multiple ultras and long, long nights on the trail. So anyway, check it out, guys. Human Octane, great, great apparel. Um, I guess until next week then, we will catch you on the flip side. Take care.